Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. We're back again with a new episode of the 28-3 podcast coming off of what I can only describe as a brutal performance against the Minnesota Vikings this week. Um, in my opinion, the worst game we played collectively as a team all season. Uh, Corey, kind of where do you want to guide this and where do you want to start? Because it's there's a whole lot of bad stuff to talk about, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like... <sighs> You know, we we said it in the preview pod. It, it, the game was crucial, and it was just all the things that we said we had to look out for as possibilities all came to fruition. It's like, all right, it's Josh Dobbs. Uh, sure, he's an experience, but we need to make sure that the Josh Dobbs wave that happened in that first game, that surprise, didn't happen. Well, it happened. We we said the defense had to figure out a way to just cut it out with these slow starts, just play to the best of their strengths, like play to the talent level or you know the the results that we saw out of them in the first uh, quarter of the season or so, that didn't happen. In fact, it was worse. I mean, it went from a slow start to an entire slow first half. Uh, it was utterly ridiculous. Um, you know, and it, it to me, it's almost fitting that you know it's a game where where Jameis comes in, you know, Mister God's plan at quarterback because it's it's like the team in, in the first half or you know the whole game. It's it just like they're just throwing it up to God. You know, it's like there's no organization from the coaching angle. Uh, Pete Carmichael, the bad Pete Carmichael showed up again. Whatever progress he had made from, you know, uh, post, post-Bucks game, whatever we saw in the Colts game, whatever red zone efficiency we saw uh, last game with the win in the Dome against the Bears, uh, you know, that shit just wasn't there. And I'm I'm not here for the people who are saying – uh, that, oh, I mean, look at how well Jameis did. Jameis came in when it was prime Jameis opportunity. Jameis came in when we're down by 24 points, which is exactly where he wants to be because he's not just, it's not just, a, you know, better for him to, to sling it all over the yard. He has to sling it all over the yard at that point. So it was a tailor-made situation for him. And guess what? When we really needed that one score, he still throws a pick, you know, and not 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 knocking Jameis the person and not having a whole car versus Jameis debate because obviously if we're really going to get into it over Jameis versus car, then what are you what are we even doing? Um it, it just it was frustrating on so many levels and it just really highlighted the fact that this team, even if it makes a run at the division, even if it wins the division title, is just not it. And they're not coached the way they need to be coached. So yeah, and that's just a little bit of what I have to say about it. Max, what you think? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that was the worst performance of the season, you know, from top to bottom, start to finish. Um, everything was bad, whether it was the coaching, whether it was the uh, the play calls, the, the players themselves. You know, when you're seeing Shahid lining up like three yards off sides on a simple route, I mean, what the hell are you doing? You know, it, it just – it was bad. You know, we're not going to – like Corey said, there's no need to litigate the whole Jameis versus Carr thing because, honestly, they are both bad quarterbacks. You're not winning a title with either of them. Um, and I said this for the last couple of weeks, you know, I, I harped on, we had to be 
six and four going into the bye week, you know, for that, that week off before the Atlanta game for me to feel good about where we are. We're obviously five and five. I don't feel good at all about where we are. And, you know, to be honest with you, well, let me I don't think the team does either, man. When you got Cam Jordan posting his – what you got? I, 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 I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I would also say, um, you know, we've – all of us have kind of gone back and forth about how bad the whole league seems to look. I mean – I haven't spent a, a full weekend watching as many games as possible. This was the first weekend I did that. I, I watched uh, four different games, um, actually five. Watched the uh, you know the Germany game and then three on Sunday and watched the Monday night game. The state of the of the NFL as far as you know good looking football is really rough right now. I mean, it it's kind of crazy. There's only a handful of teams that I think are actually performing well at all consistently um you see jacksonville who we all you know kind of sang their praise a little bit after their win streak they got blown out of the building um the bills losing again just melting down with four turnovers and, and 12 men on the field on a on a field goal that was missed to lose the game and you watch you know the sunday night game with the raiders and jets and good god i mean the raiders are running out the clock josh jacobs fumbles the jets get the ball drive back down they're inside the 20 trying to score a winning touchdown and Zach Wilson throws a ridiculous pick straight to a linebacker. I mean, the only thing that I guess is positive in my opinion about what's going on is it doesn't seem like anyone's running away from anybody. I mean, the Bengals right now aren't in the playoffs. The bills are not in the playoffs. Um, You know, it's kind of wide open for anyone who can, can get their shit together, can make a run. So that's, it has nothing to do with us. It just has to do with kind of where the league's at right now, where I, you know, I'm not completely giving up, but it, you know, it's not good. Well, well, let me say this. So you say it's it's wide open for anyone who can get their shit together. This team is not getting their shit together. You know, like we've watched them enough. They are who they are. We've had maybe one or two competent games where you look at them on offense and say, okay, they look like a cohesive unit. They look like they've had some decent coaching. And that's maybe been one, one and a half game. Like for the most part, they're a bad fucking team and a non-entertaining team to watch. Like it is a painful watch right now. And then the defense, all of a sudden they're following suit. Like the defense has been terrible the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, And and disregarding what they did in the second half, man, because you can't spot another team a 17-point lead or whatever it is the last couple of weeks on average and expect this offense to come back. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. And here's my problem with, you know, I agree with you, Nick, that the whole league is down as a whole. But the more, and it's not you, it's just because I hear you hear that all over the place, but the more I hear that, the more pissed off I get because what better time for us with all the talent that we have on our team to be taking advantage of that? You know, no other team has a complement of talent like we do if you look at it objectively with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Taysom Hill. Uh, I mean, I'm not even putting Derek Carr in that boat, but he certainly has enough there to be a facilitator of the talent around him. You know, we're not even getting to, into the guy who led the league in, in goal line touchdowns uh, or in touchdowns, period, from the running back position last year. So when I hear the whole league is down, this should be our time to take advantage of that. And the way you take advantage of that is with talent and then coaches who simply don't get in those players' way. You know, and I think right now, and at least this Vikings game has shown, that our coaches are getting in our way. You know, I think Pete Carmichael is getting in the way. Now, look, 
the all 22, everyone loves to do the all 22. I don't, uh, I'll let everybody else do it, but yeah, Derek Carr got awful on some missed opportunities down deep. So it's not as though Pete wasn't dialing it up down deep or calling the right uh, plays to take advantage of some weaknesses in the Vikings backfield. But I mean, there is just, you can just see that, the, like Max said, the product that we have on the field is is not up to snuff. The product that we are putting on the field is not is not getting it done. And it's not as though we're devoid of talent. There's a lot of teams that just don't have the players. We have the players. And and, and we're not getting it done. And, and, and it's, it's, it's frustrating players, as hell. I mean, I feel like you're giving them a pass. That was pathetic performance by a bunch of people this week. Shahid was lost this week. First time I've ever said that. That all sides is, I mean, that's coaching. He, he doesn't even know where to line up on the line of scrimmage. You know, A.T. Perry makes an incredible catch. We're all excited. Then he drops a 25-yard catch. M.T. drops well, the first you, pass. You got him right Taysom coaching because if he was coached better. <laughs> I think that's a ridiculous stance. To well, think. It is coaching. It is coaching because these guys, like, what do you know? They're getting a pass for this shit because it's like they, they continually are doing the same fucking stuff over and over and over again. It's a broken it's record. Whether it's offsides, like whether that. it's false starts, whether it's, you know, yeah, but no, but Moro did it. as a whole. Remember this the still shot from Moro like four or five weeks ago. That dude was like at, also about two or three yards on the wrong side of the line of scrimmage. If the team is well coached, that shit never happens. Period. Like that shit would never happen on a Belichick team. That shit would never happen on uh, even uh, this year. <laughs> you know Mike McDaniel team. You know the younger coaches that know it. It, it just on a well coached team, it does not happen. Yet our guys just. If you're lost as a player, well, guess who's there to, to get you not lost as a player? Your coach in practice. I mean, they're in practice more than they're in games. And, and they're, they're just they're playing like, like no one's telling them to play with any discipline. So most coaches around the yeah. league are, are spending time in practice telling them how to line up on the line of scrimmage is what you're saying. In week 10, extent, week 11 I mean, of the NFL season? Oh. I mean, come on, man. That's basic shit. That's stuff that kid's been doing his whole life. Uh, he just fucked up. Yeah, but it and, doesn't. But at the same point, these coaches and they've documented this multiple times. You know, it's from the different beat writers. They've talked about how this coaching staff goes over fundamentals in the first couple of weeks. Like they actually do coach this shit. And apparently, they didn't spend enough time on it. You know, look, Sheed's <laughs> brand new. He's basically I, brand new to the wide receiver position. Well, you, you know, know, that's played, a whole other debate. He came from a tiny school. He's, he's had. He hasn't had one training camp with us. He's been injured for both training camps. Like he's still learning. He's basically brand yeah, new to this. Now I'm not giving him a pass. I mean, look, he looked over to the official and did the whole, you know, with a point and uh, with the sideline official. And the sideline official usually confirms, yes, you're where you're supposed to be, or you're not offside. So, yeah, I mean, it's so. like Tango. We're not saying that it's 100 percent on the coaches. I mean, obviously, Shahid takes a lot of the, like most of the blame in that particular situation. But if the coaches were better, if this team was better coached then that it wouldn't even be a concern. I mean, it'd be one thing if that was the only time that's happened this year, but it's happened. The exact same thing has happened with another player at a completely different position on the same offense. And, you know, the, the team just doesn't seem to have the, the same, you know, discipline culture that it has, you know, and it's game. Look, games like this, bring all this shit back up. You know, the, the Twitter streets are going crazy right now with all these different takes. And I'll just, you know, uh, before I let y'all get back, one thing I've been seeing this word, this idea of fun, you know, we're, we're arguing whether or not like people are like, oh, Jameis came in and yeah, he's he's more risky than Carr, but damn, that was fun to watch. My 
we're we're that, we're cheering for fun, fun now. <laughs> you know, like that is not fun. That is not fun. Uh, or you know, I'm just rooting for fun. Like I hope the Falcons game is fun. I hope uh, you know the games are fun to. Well, yeah, of course I hope the games are fun. But we've gone from you know looking at the standard, and I think you know the standard that we had previously set under Peyton, which is very quickly almost completely washed away, and the talent that we brought to the fold this year. You know, our standard has never been, nor should it have ever been, quote, fun. And here we are looking at the home stretch of the season talking about, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're not playing well, but I, I hope we have fun. Like, well, no, the, time out, time like, out, time out. Let me, let me push back on that because I, I get what these people are saying because, you know, it's if you're going to suck, and, and Nick always brings up this scenario, he's like, well, if we do tank and you end up drafting a quarterback who's like a Zach Wilson, you know, it's going to suck. It's like, yeah, that can happen, but I want to at least just entertain me if we're going to suck. You know what I mean? Like, if we're going to lose these games, be entertaining. This team is not entertaining, man. I said this when you and I were at the game together a week ago. That was no. not fun. We won the game. That game sucked. Well, that whole game was awful. It was like having well, open heart surgery without any anesthesia. Where do you draw the line, though, of like getting the team to a place where they don't suck so that they allow you to have fun? Because my problem is that we suck and we're not entertaining in any which way. The chances of a of a team that sucks to entertain you in any world is pretty minimal. I mean, no, not really. Because I'll use like, the uh, I'll use the the Saints with the worst defense in NFL history. I forget which season it was twenty thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, one of those years. And the offense was as great as it always is, but the defense was the worst defense in NFL history. So we ended up going seven and nine, but the games were entertaining. It was shootouts, and you thought you had a chance to win. I don't think we have a chance to win, like, in the games. Like, we went down. I texted Nick. He said something like, I'm going to go to Walmart and get James a gift. I'm like, yeah, I might go to Hanson's and get a snowball. It's just fucking pointless to watch. And, yeah, Yeah. Jameis came in. And, and look, Jameis threw, like, one really good pass out of all of his attempts. Let's be honest. The one to a lot. was amazing. It was a beautiful pass. Beautiful. The one to A.T. Perry, he never should have thrown that. Like, that right. should have been intercepted. Like, I'm amazed that it wasn't intercepted. It was terrible. Yeah. It was a terrible performance. Yeah. But was the reality 40, is... 43 air well, yards the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, but guess what, though? For those 20 minutes or so that he was in the game, I got interested again. I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe he can pull this off because the Vikings all of a sudden decided to stop being aggressive, you know, and they kept giving us chances, giving us chances. And it got somewhat entertaining. That first half was awful. I was literally about to turn the TV off and leave and go do something else. Like, it was terrible. Not fun to watch, just awful. And and if Carr stays in the game, I don't think we had a chance of coming back. I don't know about that. He was clearly... To to, to Jameis' credit, and and I hate to give him this credit, but, like, the second he came in, all of a sudden, someone brought the paddles out and shot Chris Olave back to life. And that motherfucker was jumping around, running around. He was all full of fire and making catches. Yeah. Like, well, on the play, it the was, play it was ridiculous. Car got hurt. The play car got hurt was to Olave. Um, we were down around the 30 when he got knocked out. We were driving straight down the field. Then Jameis comes in. Beautiful pass. Only place you can put it. Better catch by Olave. It was incredible. Um, but other than that, I mean – this debate of Jameis, I know we don't want to get too much into it. He was terrible after that. Terrible. It it wasn't just not good. It was awful. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, 13 of 25, 
you know, two picks, should have been a third. I mean, the touchdown that, you know, he gets a touchdown on the statue, that was a terrible decision. By any measure, a terrible decision. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, like, and there's we're stuck with Carr either way, in my opinion. We're stuck with whatever he ends up being. No, we are. We Uh, are. And, you know, uh, hopefully it gets better. This game was not good until that one drive where he got hurt. I still don't know how that wasn't a penalty. Um, Once again, he doesn't get the call. I know Corey had a problem with the other game he got knocked out of, of being driven into the ground. This one he got high load. May have even been hit in the head, concussion. Yeah. We just don't get these calls somehow. Yeah. Um, it, even in the Drew era, we didn't. And, you know, not that that has anything yeah. to do with it. And look, it, it absolutely – right. Go ahead. It absolutely was a penalty. And look, this is this also brings us back to what, it, what I said on the preview episode for the season, where I said it's a horrible idea to have Jameis on the team right now. Because the second car strings together a bad game or multiple bad games – the Jameis Hive is going to come out in full force. What happens yesterday or the other day? Jameis comes in, throws a couple of touchdowns. The Jameis Hive is going fucking bananas right now on Twitter and social media in general. You got Stan Verrett, who's a well-respected, you know, sports uh, yeah. reporter for ESPN. We got him talking about, well, yeah, Jameis should be uh, getting the reps, you know, in first team leading up to the Falcons game, and he should get to start the rest of the season. It's like this is the exact fucking thing we did not need to happen. Like, you're yeah. much better off putting in Jake Hayner at that point and just letting him take his lumps, throw two or three interceptions, and the Saints get blown out. And then everyone's going to be like, okay, once Carr gets healthy, you know, we'll have a chance again. It'll look better. The second Jameis comes in, though, and throws two touchdowns, no matter how ludicrous the second one was, it just makes it it makes it look bad. But just for yeah. context, and, and we all know end, it was a limited I, sample real quick, and then, Corey, you go. Jameis has a 50, 56 yeah. quarterback rating this year. He's thrown 42 passes. He's got two touchdowns and three picks. What, what what are people seeing just because he slings it all over and doesn't care what happens? I mean, go ahead, Corey. Sorry, just had yeah. to get that in there. No, I mean, I was going to say, well, for the the main, there's a main point I'm going to get to here, but the first thing is that it's not a debate. Derek Carr gives you a better chance to win over the course of a season than Jameis Winston. That is not... Up, that is just not up for debate. Okay, quarterback to quarterback, Derek Carr. I'm not saying he's great or he's so good, and I'm not a Derek Carr apologist. I'm just saying, out of who you have, that's the guy you have to go with if you're being an objective football guy. Now, second, and my main point, and one thing that bothered me the most out of this, you know, post game aftermath, and it's like these games really bring out the worst takes in the world. And the one I'm about to get into, you know, some of y'all listening to this, uh, you know, we often agree with each other, but respectfully, I hate this take from a lot of y'all that are out there. There's this whole thing floating around about, oh man, or this notion that, God, the players just lit up when Jameis came in. You could just see how more motivated they were and into the game they were clearly, oh, these guys don't like Derek Carr, especially people pointing to Olave. And we've drug Alave about this, and this isn't about dragging Alave. This isn't about uh, defending Derek Carr or apologizing for him. He had his shit moments in this game for sure. He wasn't pulling the trigger when he had to, uh, so it would have been a rough go either way with Carr. My problem is that it goes back to the coaching and the culture of this team. Do we really have professional athletes, NFL players, who are so in their feels that they're going to play different? for one quarterback on the field and not the other? Are you really not professional enough as an NFL athlete to go give it 100%, go get that ball, 
go run the route you're supposed to run, regardless of who's behind center. This whole idea of like, oh, they want to play for Jameis more than they want to play for Derek Carr. Leave that shit in college, okay? That's for the college football playoff. That's for Division Two. I mean, it, it's just infuriating to me that that we're even okay with guys who people think play harder for one quarterback versus the other. You know, yeah, does that mean that Derek Carr has to maybe look himself in the mirror and say, what am I doing to not galvanize the team? Of course, yes, Derek Carr needs to do that. But I look at a guy like, you know, who's on the other side of that coin, like Michael Thomas. I think that dude is given 100% effort playing like a dog, no matter who is behind center. And he has his entire career with the Saints. And he's certainly seen a shitload of QBs over the career, even with his injuries. So this whole idea of like, well, we should keep Jamison because it makes it makes Olave happy. Miss me with that. Like, that is horrible. You know, let me, Olave let me needs, say to get, needs to get his let, shit together. Let me let me give you a quick interruption and I'll, I'll throw it back to you, though. No, I think no, that's a lot of people trying to push their own uh, narrative that they're pushing. You know what I mean? Like right. everyone has picked their side of the uh, of the coin. You know, everyone's got their their dog that they're defending, and they're the ones that they're picking on the whole season. So, for the people yeah. who don't like Carr, it's an easy out for them to look at and go, "Hey, look at how these guys responded to Jameis." Yeah. Now, and- the other thing I do want to say is, I do yeah. think that does exist some with some of the younger players. Like Michael Thomas is a pro's pro. You know, he's a yep. dog no matter what. If one of us was out there throwing the ball. You know, we got down to the the 17th quarterback and one of us had to come in. You know what I mean? Like he would run every route 110%. Now, there are a few other receivers on the team that, you know, obviously I don't think they put 100% of the effort in on every play. And it's been been documented on television where you can see it. You know what I mean? And I'm not here to call anybody out on that. Specifically, we've done that enough in the past. But I think there is a difference in mentality between some of the younger players and then some of the older guys. Because Michael Thomas is, what, 29, 30 years old. Yeah. You know, and he's he's mentally he's built differently yeah. than these guys. It, you know, this is that Drew Brees, uh, Demario Davis, you know, Cam Jordan alpha mentality where it's like you're going to come in and they're going to bust their ass and give 115 percent no matter who's who they're playing, what the record is or any of that. But there are some players in the NFL sprinkled around, especially some on our team that I don't think that same mentality is there. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's just, the, you know, and I'll, I'll close that thought with this. You know, it's like people, that's why these games bring out the worst takes in the world. And that's why losing brings out the worst takes in, in the world, the worst uh, attitude out of fans in the world and, and the acceptance of the lowest that we should be accepting. You know, we should not be accepting players dictating uh, personnel, which is essentially what you're advocating for if you're taking the whole, well, Jameis makes this person happy and Carr doesn't. You're at you're essentially advocating for someone else's feelings to dictate the personnel on the field, and not letting that decision be made by the coach who determines like, okay, this guy based on my playbook gives me the best chance to to win. He doesn't turn the ball over as much, yada yada yada. And shit, uh, you know, maybe even Taysom Hill is a better option uh, in certain situations than Derek Carr. Certainly higher usage, but I mean, if you're so down in the weeds about you think that. Carr's not the option, or you think that that Jameis is the option. Like you, you're missing the force from the trees when you're saying, "Look how much happier the team was when Jameis came in." I mean, look, you love to see it. You love to see your players happy. You love to see your players perform. But I also hate to see a team that has a culture that isn't, uh, you know, strong enough to withstand them not seeing the guy they like the most behind center. You know, go out and play the damn game. And is that an old guy take? Is that an old man take? And, and we're just going to see more and more of these players coming in? Maybe. But at the end of the day, we're paying these guys way too much money to go play football. And they're, they're 
getting paid to play based on whoever the coach decides is going to be throwing them the ball. So yeah, I, it's I, their job. I, I saw so, everyone. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And look, that was my issue with the receiver in question for the first half of the year. Like you are yeah. getting paid multi-million dollars to go do a job. It is your job. You get to play a kid's game for a King's ransom. Run the fucking route. Yep. Doesn't matter who I the mean, quarterback is. I mean. Carr, Jameis, it, Corey, doesn't matter. By yeah, the way, at the end of I the mean, game, I would he throw did it to Jameis, pretty, guys. pretty decent spiral. Yeah, he did. He did do it to Jameis. Corey, you, he you saw that, He did it to Jameis right? at the end of the game. What are you talking about? Olave. He stopped on a route. Oh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. He stopped on it yet again. So, you know, yeah. all that and, and again, all that stuff Corey was talking about, about people saying, hey, they look at it and go, I mean, give me a break. No one's on the sidelines. Yeah. You don't know what they're saying. Maybe they're well, rallying around the injury. Maybe they're maybe they just like said we're sick of this shit and we want to go perform better. Who knows? Like we're all grasping for straws because we look fine. so terrible. And I get it, yeah. but yeah, that narrative is just a lot. It's also <laughs> fine if you. It's fine for a player to like somebody else on his team better than the other guy on his team. I mean, is it of fine course. for that player to go plastering that all over the team and and saying that out loud and and messing with team unity? No, of course not. But like. It's human nature to say like, God, James is just has such an infectious personality that I feel I just as a human being feel better when uh, he succeeds than I do when another guy succeeds. Like that's fine to have that human emotion, regardless of how much you're getting paid. But don't let that affect your contribution to the team and your contribution to the offense. You know, go out and play the game. Uh, and it just. Yeah, God, these these games just bring out shit like that, um, and and so that's why, like to me, with the, the whole fun thing, like the game itself could have entertaining entertaining mo- moments, but what's not fun is knowing that you're a losing team and knowing that these stupid things are issues. And you know what, though, and let uh, me expand on your point that you just made. That is that is that's the worst part about it. Is it's like knowing that this team is not good, but. Because our division is so bad, we're going to most likely win the division <laughs> and get a playoff game in spite of having a garbage head coach with a garbage coaching staff with players that have been underperforming. It, it, it's, 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 it's infuriating because as we covered last week, you know, you obviously have to take any division title you can at any point. You take it and run with it whenever, whenever you, you're lucky enough to win a division title. It just sucks that I know we are going to get blown the fuck out of the Superdome in the first round if we make it to the playoffs. I told Nick, I'm take, I don't care who the opposing team is. If it's the Cowboys, Jesus, I'm going to go ahead and lay like $1,000 on the money line for the Cowboys or whoever the opposing team is and cash that fucking check because they are going to kick the shit out of us. Yeah, yep. And then we'll run off into the offseason with the, 20, the 21st or 22nd pick and boom. It's going to be Dallas, almost certainly, right? I mean, I, I was looking at it. It was Seattle for a in. minute. I haven't, I haven't looked at the most recent one. It could be. They have the same record. I just think Dallas is, you know. But, you know, Minnesota's still in it. They've only got one more loss. Uh, Seattle has the same record as Dallas. So, some Dallas. I mean, if it's Seattle, maybe, you know, who knows? Rematch with the Vikings, pending the quarterback situation, who knows? Um, but I mean, we got to win the next game if we, if we want the division still. So, you know, I think a lot of it is, I guess the, the positive, if you want to look on the bright side is everything's still in front of them. Uh, the downside is I don't think anyone can feel confident that 
much is progressing. I feel like the offense is, while the offense has elevated slightly, the defense is definitely compensated by, you know, getting worse at the same time. Uh, the offense has moved from the 20s up to 12. This is just by yardage. Defense has gone from fourth down to 10th. So why can't this team have, you know, a cohesive performance? And even when both of them play well, special teams play is terrible. We don't have a team that's playing together right now at the same time. That, I mean, there's you can't debate that. There, we don't have a single game other than the Patriots where you would think every unit did their job. So it's really hard to get yeah. optimistic about anything we can do. I think it's it's fair to say, except that everything is still in front of them somehow at 5-5, five and five, leading the division. And, you know, you get a home playoff game. If somehow some lightning in a bottle strikes and we start playing together, you know, uh, the last thing I want to talk about real quick is for the first time this year, we got hit with injuries that really might matter with Lattimore and Thomas yeah. um, both going down. And if they, if yeah. Lattimore misses extensive time, uh, you know, the JPP signing's great. But if Lattimore is going to miss six, eight weeks, we're in deep trouble because that's what's been holding us together. Lattimore, Debo, Taylor, you know, that that combination has what's held the defense together all year, in my opinion. And you take the, I still say the biggest piece of that equation out, you know, Adebo on the one every time and Taylor moving outside and then maybe Teron drops in the slot and we bring, you know, switch up the safeties, you know, Lonnie playing more and, and Howden playing more. Is that going to be okay? I don't know. I don't think any of us know. So, well, you know, that's a big concern. You know what's going to happen, though? It's not going to be Alante going to the outside. It'll be Yadam. Just like it was when That's Adebo true. was That's out, right. so it You're ended right. up being uh, Adebo, Yadam, with Alante still in the slot. So yeah. most likely scenario. But either way, so I maybe, agree hundred. I agree one hundred and ten percent with you. Marshawn's injury is a potential season just derail with yeah. derailment. I mean, this could literally trash the whole season because, it's, as Nick said, every game, you know, with a few rare exceptions, you can trust him to shut down his side of the field. And you, at that point, you're just hoping that Alante or whoever, uh, Adebo or whoever else is on the field at that point can just cover the other guys. So yeah. Lattimore's been an actual, absolute luxury because it's not <laughs> as though people are testing him and he keeps batting the balls down. They're not even going that way. They're like, not even that, going that, there, yeah. that side of the they're field just doesn't exist. Exactly. exactly. You know, like it's they're playing on a half half of a field or two thirds of a field, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's like Rebus Island all over again. Yeah, they, they don't even want to try it. I mean, Adebo's numbers are – look, they're fantastic. I ain't going to take a single thing away from Adebo because that dude has showed up. But, you know, Lattimore is the reason that Adebo's got all these opportunities. <laughs> you know, and so yeah, – so We'll see what happens. But. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe hell, – hell, maybe Yadam's numbers will go up. Uh, he had – at one point he was leading the league in pass defense when he had to play. So Look, he's been solid. He's been solid. Yep. Yeah. And look, I'll say this. I know the next couple of weeks, you know, being off this week, hopefully some of these guys can uh, bounce back health-wise quicker than expected. Um, that Falcons game is terrifying the way we played the run the last couple of weeks. You know, if it's if it's Ritter, Ritter can run. So I, we're not sure if it's going to be Ritter or if it's going to be Heineke, but that game's looking very, very rough. And then that next game against the Lions, I – no way in hell I will pick the Saints against the Lions at this point. That's the, trouble. The yeah. way our defense has, has looked, every single team on our schedule, maybe except for the Panthers, looks terrifying. Uh, maybe yeah. not the Rams either, but but it's just they we look so porous yeah. and lost and just – and old too. 
Like, oh, that's a big like, thing. Like Happy Gilmore is old, just too old. And, yeah. uh, you know, and look, at least we're bringing in a young buck, Jason Pierre Paul. What's he like, 21 years old? 34. 34 um, yeah. years old. I know, I'm kidding. Um, he's older than but at, He's the oldest look, at least defensive he's been, lineman we got. <laughs> hey, look, you know, the Saints are just doubling down on the old man football. And at least if you're going to bring in an old guy, at least he's been re- technically, you know, resting and not actually getting beat up every single week. So there's that. But but if but they, but again, it's like the hoping for fun. It's it's look at the players being happy with a QB. Those are the things we're talking about in a, in a bad season. You know, we're, we're not talking about how how much everyone is playing to their potential or how we're making use of all these. Or oh, did you see that look we did this week? And the look we, we just when we thought this look was the way to go, we we totally changed it up, and the defense was guessing, and and our defense is continuing their dominant ways, and. You know, of course, the defense had a better second half in the Vikings game because the Vikings were up by 24 points. They shut it down. They parked the car, you know, and of course, Jameis did what he did because we had to throw the ball. So it's like (laughs) people are trying to find the silver linings, but those linings are silver. Well, I love that you called it a a bad season and we've all called it a bad season and we're five and five because on a normal season, you know, if you had Sean Payton and let's say we still had Breeze, you know, we, we were five and five. We would be like, oh, yeah, we are primed. We're about to go on a run. We're going to roll into the playoffs. We're going to steamroll somebody. But then you look at it, and it's like Dennis Allen, Derek Carr. Ooh, no, we're going to get steamrolled if we make it to the playoffs. Yeah, and that's why stats and records don't show you everything. If if you went to someone, uh, any one of us, before the the season and and said, and shit, we kind of even called this to be the case. We said we could very easily be – five and five at some point we could be as long as we're like middle of the road, maybe sniffing top 10 on offense. That'd be nice. If our defense still continues to, to just kind of be that top 10 in yards uh, type of defense overall ranking, like well, shit, we'll be in good shape. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying we're not in, that we're not in good shape for the division. We're in great, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, whatever, whatever you want to call it, we're in great shape for the, to win the division and make the playoffs. But Stats and record, all that shit is cannot tell the story of what we've all seen with our eyes with this team. And that's why I'm like, I got no faith in this coaching staff to just kind of, you know, kick these players in the ass and, and, and really get them to, 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 to turn a corner. I, I, it's, we're, we're in neutral. It's, it, it, it sucks. And like, you know, like Nick said, I'm usually not this negative. I'm, I'm never this negative of a Saints fan, but, I have no no evidence to base any type of optimistic outlook for this team on. It just yeah. it's just and, not and to fair. me the, de- the depressing thing is you said it, you know, yeah, we're we're still primed to make the playoffs, but where does it go from here? There's no hope at this point. You're going to have Carr and the rest of this team which is just going to get older and the defense is just getting older and older. And then you've still got Carr. You got Carr for the next couple of years. There's no beacon of hope to rally behind on this on this team. You know what I mean? You can't look at it and go, well, we got a young quarterback who's just going to get better. Well, we got a young defense that's just going to get better. It's no, we've got an old defense that's just going to get worse. We're, you know, behind the gun on the cap again, which we need to have a a fuck Mickey Loomis podcast at some point, because I know, Nick, you and I have thoughts on this. Yeah, we're going to do that. Where's the hope? Where's the hope? There's some. I mean, you know, (laughs) I would say our secondary – not for this year. I'm saying going forward to say like we're old. Well, we're like three important players old. You know what I mean on defense. Um, 
Alante's young. Lat's still got plenty of time left. Yadam's fairly young. I think 27. Adebo's young. Uh, Werner's young. Um, Howden. Yeah, but half of these guys aren't signed over the next two years. Kalen Sarnes. I know, but we're going to lose some of those older guys too, presumably in the country. So you would think they would keep them. And then Brze in his rookie year has shown signs offensively. You know, the young receiving core, if Alave pans out, Shahid's exciting. You know, uh, Kendra's shown a few signs. It's not like an un, you know, no future situation in my opinion. It does mean those guys moving on. Uh, a younger quarterback coming to work with these younger players, but there's still a core potentially at the end of this, which I think is the one positive. There's a lot of guys you really like on this team. I actually talk about it all the time. I, it's just, yeah, we are getting think, old. This window's closing. That's for sure. And it's going to take a, a reboot with these younger players going forward. What are the, yeah. the guys that you and I talk about that we love the most are the old guys. You know, who are our favorite players on the team right now? Probably Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, you know, Honey Badger, Lattimore, with the exception of Lattimore, those guys are fucking old. Yeah. And yeah, I think they're, to they're me, it's not as much – to me, it's not that I, I don't – I don't look at it as a long-term no-hope thing. I mean, long-term, we have issues we need to address, meaning the age of – yeah, it is – call it a few or maybe not the majority of them are aging, but they're they're very key components to what you're trying to do, you know, especially on the defense. But what sucks – for me as a fan, is that as far as between now and the end of the season goes, I think it's 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 extremely hard to be optimistic about a the guys we have, you know, staying healthy, or even if they stay healthy on the injury chart, their ability to to perform at a level where you know they need to be performing to to make this defense work the way we're expecting it to work. I mean, I don't think it's rocket science to look back and see that our best defensive games were earlier in the season and now we've got a bunch of aging guys. I mean, they they're not it's not for lack of trying. Look, they're playing their tails off, I think. But it's not rocket science to say that like later in the year they're having struggles because maybe they're not hitting their marks as well or they're not able yeah. to withstand the 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 resistance on every single play. You know, so I think as far as this season goes, there there's issues. Now, don't get me – we've I was going to say don't get me started on the coaching staff. We've more than done gotten started on the coaching staff. But, you know, the coaching staff has issues on a long-term picture. The coaching staff has issues uh, for the rest of the year. We're not going to make any changes. We all, know, we all know that. But, you know, I think, like, to your point, Max, in years past with Sean Payton, you had – anytime any team with Drew Brees, I don't care – what team he ever played for, what era of, of NFL it ever was, you're going to have faith in that team, uh, especially when, when you have a coach he gelled with so well with Sean Payton. Th- this, this team, while it has talent, it's just, it's just hard to, to just rally behind. I mean, I, was, I still will. I'll still be that, you know. Well, no, irrational. we all will, it's, but I, I should have clarified it. My, my two-year window is what I'm talking about. The two-year window looks pretty damn bad at this point. Yeah. Because you got a coaching staff who, you know, you and I have been very vocal in that we do not believe is the coaching staff to get this team where it needs to be, to take this team to the playoffs and beyond. And then you start looking at the players. We don't have a quarterback. We don't. What's the old uh, saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So right now we've got people debating over two shitty quarterbacks, which means we have none. So that's the most important position in sports. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the NFL, the NBA, MLB. That is the most important position in sports. 
we don't have our guy. And then you start looking yep. at the other positions. You know, Kamara's 28-29. He's up there for a running back. Kendra, we like the small little glimpses. But, again, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Jamal Williams, same age as Kamara. You know, fullback, we're not going to talk about wide receiver. We are young there, but we need these guys to get consistent. And, uh, you know, we have our concerns. Tight end, we don't have one. Jawan Johnson's exactly who, you know, I I thought he was back in uh, April. And I changed my tune a little bit, you know, after thinking about it. And I was wrong to do that because he's been awful when he's been on the field this year. Offensive lineman, awful. These guys have underperformed. And, you know, we'll give them – I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe it's the coaching. But these guys have been terrible considering that four out of the five projected starting offensive linemen were first-round picks. You know, we, defensive we line, had, yeah. Defensive line, these guys are getting they're getting old other than uh, Bougie. Uh, Granderson's still relatively young, and he's performed well, but these guys can't finish sacks at this point. You know, we have to get an infusion on both lines, offensive and defensive. Uh, linebackers, yeah. Warner has not been good this year. Like Pete Warner has taken a step back. DeMario is just getting older. That's the only thing bad negative you can say about him. Corners have been lights out as a group, just the best, strongest group on the team. You know, we're relatively young at that position as well. So it is, it is sunshine and rainbows at cornerback. Safety, Honey Badgers, dude, he's, he's, he's approaching the, uh, that time to be old yellowed. You know what I mean? He is not looking, he's not looking that great. Um, I like Jordan Howden, uh, Marcus May. I, Marcus May won't be on the team in a year and a half, two years. And then the kicker-punter situation is is atrocious. We need to get new kicker and new punter for next year. It's dire. We, we, sent, but, Max, we sent Max into a full roster recap. He's so frustrated. I was about yeah, to say, yeah. he's, just, he's, he's keeping on going. He's going to keep going. I was going to keep <laughs> but going. You're not, you're not wrong. Yeah, I don't think – well, you know, the, well, I'm not going to nitpick the, the couple that I might, like, not 100% agree on. But uh, we, we can say – we'll save that for we'll save that for a later yeah. episode. Yeah, overall – We've got – We've got some yeah. exciting stuff coming up uh, since we got a bye week. We're going to get some uh, new fun episodes um, about some, you know, topics each of us are, you know, kind of excited about that we want to top ten each saints, other baby, off. coming up top ten yeah. saints. Yeah. So we can tell y'all about uh, two of them, which are going to be really interesting. Really, the top ten saints. You know, we've done top ten lists before, so the debate will really get going there, especially Corey's going to embarrass himself and get called out. <laughs> of course, of course, I'm going to have a horrible take in the top ten. That's that's a guarantee. I don't think FanDuel has odds on that, but I would take them if if you can find them. Um, we're going to do another one. <laughs> we're going to do a uh, Saints all all time Saints team playoff bracket. You know, we we did we put it out there on Reddit a while back, and uh, kind of got everybody's take on who they thought were the top top six ever Saints teams, and we found a nice little. Uh, website that does some pretty fantastic game simulations play-by-play and everything uh so we're going to set up that bracket and run through it for y'all and y'all can start thinking who you might think takes home the the all-time saint super bowl ahead of time but uh yeah we got some fun stuff planned uh so we'll get those we'll get those two out to everybody before we do our atlanta preview uh next week and um that'll do it for this recap uh we'll catch everybody for those two fun episodes coming up next and uh we look forward to everybody tuning in again who that boom Ooh, that. What a